All right, it's Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here, Patrick Royce with me. As always, uh, Patrick, it's been an eventful weekend for me. We uh, got a new puppy. Um, you've already properly chastised me for that, adding more chaos into my life. And I appreciate that because I think that's completely true, although he's he's being very good right now. But uh, um, chaos reigns in, in sports usually, too. And these twins, man, I don't know. They Just when you think they've kind of figured something out, They've got, you know, they can't hit. We've got you know, Max Kepler. I don't know what they're going to do about him, except for maybe release him. And I also want to get to um, NBA final stuff. And uh, he wrote a good piece over the weekend on bullpen nemesis over the years. Bullpen guys we've blamed in the Twins bullpen over the years. I want to get to that too. But uh, how, how are you doing? I am uh, doing just fine, uh, I guess, as far as the... Uh far as uh i i don't i don't mind the heat you know i i'm an old man who's got a convertible about three years ago my wife hates it she wants me to sell it every year during the winter but then summer comes and you know when you're not a guy who goes to the beach you get to it's like going to the beach driving around <laughs> in the, driving around in the in the convertible it's fantastic so i, I had a great weekend and uh I'm never one to complain too much about the heat after win after the last two winters here in Minnesota because I, yes. you know, I, I used to have the Florida respite there, but I don't have that anymore. So uh, anyone who's complaining about the heat after surviving that Minnesota winter we had this year is an idiot. I think. Come on, bring it on! All we all you want to give us, I'm fine with it. It's like we want the perfect temperature, right? We we <laughs> we're gonna play complain no matter what. It's like if it's not. 77 with no humidity we're going to complain about something ah, it's a little too hot ah it's a little too this like yeah we got we got to you got to enjoy this while it lasts that's right it was great it was a great weekend a lot of kid baseball a lot of real baseball and uh and uh, i didn't watch much of uh, this is uh we'll, we'll we won't spend more than a minute on this now but i didn't get to watch what how Jimmy and the boys pulled that game out last night, which surprised the heck out of me. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it, but anyway, anyway, our twins, it's pathetic. It's unbelievable the way they can't hit. It's, uh, I mean, here, uh, we were just talking about this. Let's go with it. Max Kepler. He's got to be over. Yeah. Get rid yeah. of him. It's 192. You got Walner hot, red hot. And now if Walner gets called up, he's going to strike out a lot. Okay. Sure. But not as much as Joey Gallo. But uh Kepler's gotta go. Larnick's coming up. You just okay, you can't fix him. You he may if he if you release him, he, there's no market. If you release him and he goes somewhere and somebody fixes him, tough bananas. Sometimes you gotta give those guys a a chance to go, you know, I don't know if he hates Minnesota. He he just stinks. He's awful. He's hitting 192. Yep, and this is the year four of being terrible. Let's go here. What are you waiting for? He should not be in Tampa on Tuesday, and uh, you know, Walner or Larnick has to come off the DL. Who else yeah. are you going to get rid of? Who else are you going to get rid of? You know, yeah, you're right. Uh, Gallo. The only other guy to get rid of is Gallo, who, by the way, has uh, struck out. Uh, what was it when they read nineteen out of his last twenty nine played appearances? Ooh. Yikes. But they keep telling us how good he is. Oh, well, he does this and that. I mean, he can play. He, he should not be an everyday player, but he can, you know, he can play first. He can play the outfield. Another left-handed hitter. I never, I couldn't quite figure out 
why they were desperate to sign another left-handed hitter, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I would get rid of him too, but first you got, you got to start with Kepler and they're they're that that's got to start today. They should make the announcement today. I don't know. Did they go to Tampa last night? They probably Rocco likes to, um, right. Fly out the night before all. I mean, as soon as the game's over and take the day off wherever it is, but uh, if Kepler was on that plane, on, on that plane, they're idiots because it's over. It's he over. Hit, he hasn't hit since 2019, really, right? No, I mean, no, he hasn't hit since they were using a golf ball, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, it, it looked like he was a uh, young, still fairly young guy on the rise, heading into the middle of his career, and it's terrible. So it's it's over. Make your decision. Just stop being morons. It's yeah, over. He, he, there's nothing going to happen here. He's, you know, he might have a good four days someplace, but he's not. He's not going to give you a good month. He's not going to give you a good six weeks. No. And and he, uh, it, just move on. Yeah, that's one thing Terry Ryan would do. I mean, they would be overly patient sometimes, but he'd give a guy. A, he'd say, "Okay, you know, he's done here. Let's if he if he goes and plays well, that's fine. We right. don't care." We don't care. I, I don't know. What are, what are they trying to avoid? What are they what are they trying to accomplish by keeping him? I know. I guess it's at this point it's just like it's just loyalty and hope that you can recapture that. But it's it's been like I said, it's been four years and you know, he, he doesn't really show I mean when he's when he's and usually when he's been bad, it hasn't been this bad. But it's you know we gave him all sort we've given him all sorts of excuses right oh he wasn't quite healthy uh now there's not the shift anymore he can you know and yeah, he can he yeah, can be yeah, better now he's in the now. best shape of his life blah 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 it's mm-hmm. like they can't have any more holes in this lineup this lineup is no good anyway you can't you can't be giving yeah. that many at bats to a guy who's not productive no when you especially when you have options yes you know Larnick you know I'm not gonna have a parade for him he might hit two fifteen but he's gonna hit some home runs. He's got he's got some power, and Walner has, uh, uh, you know, he came up the last time and he was awful right off the bat, and then he had a six seven straight times on base, and ever since then, but he's been out of his mind. Uh, give him a, you know, give give one of those two guys a chance. I mean, it's got to be Larnick first, I would think, but and then the other thing is left-handed hitters, Julian, that kid can hit. Yes. You might have to go find you gotta find some place for him to play. Right. The hack at second base. Yes. But you know, he might have maybe you should give him a first baseman's glove and then he can move Carroll off to the outfield sometimes and whatever. They got an abundance of left handed hitting options and Kepler is a left handed hitter who can't hit. It's over. Get rid of yes. him. Yeah. Has the has the American League Central now let's go back to Let's go back to 2002, the first year the Twins won the division after those what ten largely ten years of futility. You know, between '93 and 2000, it was futile. Um, let's start with 2002 when they won the division. Has the American League Central ever been worse than it is this year? Because I no. know it's usually bad, but it feels. I mean, they're still winning this division by a few games, even though they yeah. just lost oh, twice wow. to the Guardians. It's as bad as I can remember seeing it. Cleveland news. Cleveland last year. Uh, turned out to be a pretty good team. It yes. looked as bad as it had, but it turned out to uh, be a pretty good team. But uh, uh, there's nobody this year. I mean, 
the White Sox, you know, the White Sox are going to win it by going 79 and 83 or something like that. I think you could have an under 500 team. This is the worst it's ever been. No doubt about it. And they're not playing each other as often. Right. So that doesn't fool. But you go back to the 2002 to 2010, it was pretty good. You know, yeah. Detroit was really good. The White Sox won a World Series. Uh, they, uh, you know, they they were in some World Series, and Detroit was in one. White Sox were in one, and you know, Detroit was spending money and and you know didn't reach their didn't reach their potential. But it was you know they had they had the game won sixty threes and it, it was good. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's this is the worst it's ever been. It's awful. Yeah, and uh, you know what? You know the only division to compare for being awful is the National League Central. Yes. If you if if you decided to only have three leagues and do it geographically, the Central would still stink. Even if you put <laughs> yes. the two of them together, the Brewers are like the Twins. They're awful, and they, I think Pittsburgh just passed them. Pittsburgh had like three weeks where they didn't win a game and they're in first place there. So they're the two cent. Apparently, Middle America is not a good spot for baseball no. right now. Well, well, the Cardinals being terrible makes that bad too. But uh, yeah, this is the worst it's been. And uh, last night, I happened to flip over to the to the Texas late when I flipped over to the Texas game. Right? Okay. Have you have you seen what's going on there? No. These guys are unbelievable. This was. 16th game with 10 or more runs. Oh, wow. It's, it's, uh, they're absolutely killing it. And I watched six batters and they hit five rockets, including one by Mitch Garver and one by Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman. That's a name. Wow. Grossman. They're killing it down there. And these guys, it doesn't, you know, Joe Ryan, you know, the other day, Sonny Gray is rolling along and he hangs a breaking ball and they hit a two run homer. You're over. You lost. Yes. The game's over. There's no way these idiots are going to come back and get you a run and get you back in the game against the Cleveland bullpen. And then, uh, you know, same thing yesterday. Joe Ryan was great. So what? You get a loss. It's uh, you, you can't just keep rolling the same guys out there. And no. you sure as can't do it by having Joey Gallo lead off which is the stupidest. Let's lead off the game with a strikeout. How's that? Let's get this. You, <laughs> know, every, every, you know, Gene Bach used to, uh, you know, put his best on base guy leading off, and then he bunt him to second to try to get the first run. I, I never agreed with that. But let's, let's lead off with one of the worst strikeout guys in the history of baseball. That's a good idea. God, they've been so stupid. I got another thing to tirade on here. Okay, yes. Carlos Correa. Yes. Bad foot, plantar fasciitis, some version of plantar fasciitis, yes. which covers a lot of territory, yes. right? One-third of the way into a six, one-third of the way into the first year of at least a six-year okay. contract, by the way. And and you don't play him all weekend. And now you're going to Tampa, artificial turf. turf. Yeah. And Toronto artificial turf but uh, we think he'll be ready tuesday yeah well guess what he'll be out of the lineup wednesday that's a good point why didn't they dl him on saturday let him take 10 days off and then say hey by the way when you come back try to start earning your money because you we didn't 
sign you to be a $200 million guest hitter taking fastballs down the middle of the plate for strike three about three times a week. So he's, he, he's been a tremendous, I mean, he's a hell of a shortstop when he plays, but uh, you can't be paying a guy $200 no. million to uh, be an out in the middle of your lineup. He's hitting 200 too. Yes, what, he is. Or something like that. No, it's it, bad. and It's brutal. Know, Getting back to Kepler before we get to this bullpen thing I want to get to, um, you know, I feel like it's kind of like the Miguel Sano syndrome where they they keep yeah. giving him chances because they're worried that he'll unlock it somewhere else. And I think that that goes back to, that's got, still got to go back to Ortiz, right? Even though it's completely different, at least in fans' minds, yeah. everybody's worried like, ah, oh, if we let him go, he might become a future Hall of Famer or somebody <laughs> else when it very rarely happens. No, it does not happen too much. And that was basically fine. They were, they were, they weren't spending any money back then. They were right. old. They were still just coming out of the attract the contraction threat, and they're they you know they were bullet didn't have the old man didn't have any budget at all for them, and they didn't want to pay him what nine hundred thousand or something or right. a million two or whatever it would have been. It was for all the nonsense they gave you. It was they didn't want to pay him. And that, you know, they did, they thought they had options of DH, but, uh, you know, that was a disaster, a disaster, but it, you know, you're right. It's, it's probably never happened in the history of baseball that the entire major leagues, he didn't sign until like February that right. year. Was, he, and he was sitting there, you could have him for free. So right. um, you know, it's not like the Red Sox were genius. If you look back, he didn't play much the first two months. He was right. there. So anyway. Yes, you're right, though. We have this. Oh, Sano was definitely going to be the next Ortiz. Well, he's still sitting in the Dominican. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. He, I, I think he's, I think this is the last year of his contract, right? Yes, I think that's right. I think it wasn't a three-year deal. So he's, you know, as as ambitious as he is, he's probably just collecting his money. But uh, it's, uh, it, yeah, yeah, we, we do have that paranoia. Well, Kepler, uh, yeah, as I said, what difference does it make if he goes somewhere and he's good? He's not. You can't fix him. He's not him. good here. Yeah, David Popkins is not going to fix him. That's pretty well established. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The well, the, speaking, you know, uh, they always talk about a pop gun offense. We got pop Popkins pop gun offense. Popkins here. pop gun offense. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah. gotta start. Uh, and I feel like that's gonna make its way into a future future Royce yeah. column, or a tweet when we're done here. <laughs> of course, you're workshopping all your give, best material right here. The tweet give you an opportunity for insults. Uh, yes, sure you want to fit into a column or not. So anyway. So MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. So you you wrote about over the weekend. You wrote about the the bullpens of all time, and I really thought it was going to be an excuse to write about Ron Davis. And then, of course, you just gave Ron Davis like a short paragraph because what more <laughs> yes. needs to be said there? Yes, right. Well, I had this thought, and I I forgot. You know, back in the 
sixties and seventies to a, in the sixties, you had a five person bullpen, right? Yeah. And, and mostly in the seventies too, because it's in the seventies, you started going to five starters later on in the, in the seventies, but it was four starters back then, a spot starter. So the options were much more limited. Uh, you know, now you got eight guys out there. You can, you know, you got plenty of guys to the fans, but the, I was actually talking to Perky about this and it didn't get in, but uh, we have this, you know, a starter leaves a game and it's four to three, right? You're ahead. He did his job. He did his job. A reliever comes in, gives up a run. He's a bum, right? Right. They want perfection from it. We've always wanted, and this is not new. Back to the, 60s we always wanted perfection from the relievers because they you know they had the easy job all i gotta do is back then they pitched two innings sometimes three but uh you know soupy campbell pitched 162 innings as a closer in That's amazing thanks we probably won't see that again but uh uh but we've always <laughs> relievers have always been the object of much derision from fans so i just decided that I wanted to do something on this considering the current situation. And Jorge Lopez is now winning the president surpassed Emilio and is winning the prize. And this has been such a great decade for horrible relief. Yes. Alex Calame yes. showed up in 2021 and screwed up the season on opening day with one of the dumbest plays ever. Yes. Forgot the last year was a home run allowing machine. And now Lopez who I loved when I, they got him was bad last year. Great for great in April this year. And is now unusable. I know it's, it's unusable. They're, they're saying it's something with his release point. I don't know. It's usually, usually when you say that, it's just because you're out of answers, but yes. Yeah. Well, fix it. Yes. Fix it. Fix it. They you need know. him. Anyway. Uh, so I, got going on it and then I, and you know, it, and some of them I just ended up doing for, for laughs, but uh, right, but the uh, yeah, it was fun. I named a, uh, a a villainous reliever for each decade, and uh, you know the one I forgot, but it was because it was the eighties. But one of the all timers was uh, Juan Augusto. He was, that was probably before your time, eighty six. I know the I know who he is. Yeah, he was with the Astros before that for a while, right? Somebody tweeted me and said because I called him Juan Disgusto. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he was awful. He was that year. He's a left-handed reliever. Yeah. I used to cover an occasional series for the on the road for the St. Paul. Maybe twice a year, I'd go up for a week and do both the, you know, cover the beat as well as write my columns. I remember in Kansas City, Juan Disgusto came in in a in a big game, and you've been down there. Yeah. They, yeah. It looked like it was going to land on that freeway out behind the left oh, field fence. It was the damnest thing I ever saw. And anyway, he was so. There's a few that were missed there, but yeah, we named the uh, villainous reliever of the decade. And the two guys that were just layups are Ron Davis in the '80s, and then yes. uh, Matt Caps in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Caps was and, a yeah. Oh, I almost I his. His numbers were awful once they got him. I think we all got upset because they didn't really need him. Well, they were, he was. I don't think it was 2010 that they got mad at Caps. I think it was 2011 that, that it really started. He was brutal. Yeah, he was brutal. But you gave, and it looked like Wilson Ramos was going right. to be a 
car didn't turn out that way. But, uh, uh, you know, they needed the catching and they let this kid go. And it, and it was like redundant to get him. They had that Rauch who was, Rauch who was right. unreliable and one of the surliest human beings I've ever encountered in a clubhouse. But uh, they didn't really need him I, and uh, to, to win the division that year with that club. And they had other options in that bullpen, too. So that was a bad one. But it was kind of fun. and. What, yeah, what were the twin? What were the twins doing to poor Juan Agosto? Because I'm looking at his stats right now. 1984 with the White Sox, 3.09 ERA. 85 with the White Sox, 3.58 ERA. 86 with the Twins, 8.85 <laughs> ERA. Next year with Houston, 2.63 ERA. Next year after that with Houston, 2.26. Year after that with Houston, 2.93. He just he just needed to get out of the American League, I guess. 86, that was the rabbit, too. That was Ray Miller, the pitching genius. I don't know. He must have tried to fix him, right? That was, wasn't that the rabbits last year, right? And then he, he so gave, up four, gave up 43 hits in 20 and a third innings. <laughs> How many bombs? Just and one. That's the thing. 14, the but, four, but 14 walks and 43 hits. His whip was 2.8. <laughs> three, almost three base runners per nine per inning. That's not yeah, good. You're right. Doubted that. He he didn't maybe he didn't like our clubhouse culture. I don't know. Maybe he didn't like the maybe he didn't like pitching inside. I don't know what it was, but he was pretty good anytime he wasn't here, at least in that stretch. Yeah, well, he was he was he definitely and if he'd been in another decade, he would have been a candidate because people just said. But the Davis thing, of course, it's it's oh yeah, he is he is probably one of the. 10, maybe eight most memorable characters in the history of the franchise, the good or bad, right? I yes. Mean, everybody just remembers Ron Davis. Uh, we used to have Monday Night Sports Talk then, Such and I, and we had these uh, we had these uh, young men from White Bear Lake who uh, called themselves Toads, terrorists oh, yeah. organized against disgusting sports, terrorists. And they, they came, I think they're the ones who came up with and uh, your your uh, your your motto for complete futility used for everything was bring in the Davis, bring in the <laughs> Davis. And that was it became a legendary uh, thing as part of that show. Bring in the Davis. It was uh, it was you know Doug Grove uh, basically saved him from the most verbal abuse ever. He he was he had one of those. I think it was in New York. He had one of those uh, disasters at Mattingly, you know, I mean, just sure. he had them. They were so endless. And he just blew this one. And people were absolute. This was it. They couldn't take it anymore. And there was going to be a, and he came back. And for some reason, I think they were starting a homestand on a Thursday afternoon or something. And it was, uh, and Doug wrote this column about RD, or maybe it was on, they were off Thursday and it was on Friday and Doug wrote this column about Davis taking all these, you know, these kids from the city okay, fishing up at that place in uh, North of the twin cities, trout air or someplace. Okay. Doug wrote this, this feel good column about him and people absolutely actually applaud. That's where the newspapers, we were, we were the, Source for twins and from complete source for twins and information. Yeah, and people gave him an ovation when he came in. I can't remember if he blew it as he usually did, but uh, 
my other great Ron Davis memory is we're at uh, the Twins were in Chicago, and I was covering. And Harold Baines was bad. He was about to fritter away like a three-run lead in the bottom of yeah. the ninth. And Harold Baines was batting, and and Davis threw him like a three-two slider. Okay. And Harold swung through it. Okay. And like the whole field froze for like five <laughs> seconds because his teammates couldn't. His RD's teammates couldn't <laughs> believe. It was like, wait, we won? The White Sox couldn't believe it. And finally, Davis kind of punched the sky with this, like, little, but kind of a mild punch of the sky in celebration. And then the twins all jumped up and went crazy. But it took (laughs) five seconds for people to actually believe Davis hadn't blown the game. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. uh, He was was a good-natured guy. He was crazier than Rudolph. And the thing about him is he the probably the reason he's so memorable too is that he was the closer for like four seasons. Like they yes. just like they didn't have any other they didn't have anything better to do. So that he saved like over a hundred games, but you know, everybody probably remembers the thirty or forty that he blew. So it's like he but he just kept getting chances either by default or I don't know what it is, but you look at his numbers and they're like, they're not as bad as I thought they would be. No, they're not terrible. He had a lot of saves and everything, but it's just when he had a disaster, it was so yes. memorable. It was unbelievable. My favorite moment with him is I was sitting next to our new ball writer's father, okay. Bobby Nightingale Jr.'s yes. dad, Bobby Sr., who's goofier than hell, but a great reporter. But we were in Clearwater, and there was about 200 people there, and they were playing the Royals, and Billy Gardner was managing the Royals. So I, I went up there to see Billy, who I loved. And we're just sitting out in a corner of the dugout, and he's sitting in the corner. Okay. And we're BSing during the game. You know, the two of us are just, the three of us are just kind of talking. And I said, uh, and they had a big right-hander named John Davis, who was like a rookie and looked like he was going to be one of the things. And I said, hey, Slick, how's this guy throwing the ball? Said, ah, he's great. I love him. But he says, what do you think the odds of me having a big right-handed goofball in my bullpen ever again? <laughs> you yeah. know, Davis. Right. Name, right. Name, I, John Davis, he was. He should have been on the club. But Gardner was still out so upset about Ron Davis. He didn't want <laughs> it's like too close. Too close <laughs> to Ron Davis. <laughs> That's they great. up for him later that year, but he didn't want another one of them. For that. That's funny. <laughs> That's yeah. a, the point you made at the beginning is a good one too. Like we we demand near perfection from relievers, yes. whereas starters, you know, uh, we define they, a we define a quality start still as you know an ERA, an ERA that could be four point five, right? Six innings, three earned and, runs. And the other thing is that the uh, you know the uh, yeah relievers we just want. The, the other thing is all the starters have to do is give us a chance, right? Right. You give us a hey, you gave us a chance to win the ball game. I, you know, I left three to three. I thought I gave, I gave us, and the, the manager yep. gave us a chance to win the game. He wasn't great, but he gave us a chance to win a game. Well, he battled. You know, if that it's was five five, they'll say he gave us a chance to win a game. Right. Well, guess what? If anybody gives up five runs with this collection, you didn't give him a chance to win a game. No. 
three, you didn't give a chance to win a game. Unless it's like the that, unless it's the one or two days out of the week where they score, and as opposed to the four, they don't. I mean, it's which distorts their offensive. Yes, uh, terrible. But uh, I think it's now. Well, they had one yesterday. They have one Saturday too. How many? They, they had Saturday? two. I think they had two Saturday. I think it's twenty-one games with two runs or less now. Yeah, I think it's twenty. More than a third. More than a third. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. But hey, we still got Max in there. We'll turn it first. First place twins. Maybe we'll lead Max off now again. (laughs) Do something. Do something for goodness' sake. Let's get let's get some NBA before we get out of here because that was a, you know, that was an interesting game. It just it kind of felt like the it felt like the Nuggets were completely in control of game one and it looked like the narrative was the same in game two but yes. the heat the heat just kind of rained down a bunch of threes they they made almost 50 percent of their threes and they you know whether you want to call it stealing a game or whether they're just that you know whether they're on whether they're good enough to compete i guess we'll find out but that series got a lot more interesting with that fourth quarter surge they put together yeah, and it is interesting because we look at him as a just tough-minded team because their two best players are Butler and uh, uh, the center on it. Bam, uh, yeah. Yeah, Bam, whatever his name is. I mean, but they, they, you know, they've won several games shooting the three. They got three of these guys. They got Vincent. They got uh, Max Struess. Struess, yeah. And then they got Duncan Robinson, who yep. had a lofty regular season, but has uh, made some uh, made some big shots, and he basically won the game from yesterday. I was watching highlight extensive highlights late last night, and they're just raining threes, and that and Jimmy's even making some threes. Yes, never was his strength, but no. uh, yeah, it is uh, it is a heck of a lot more interesting than it was now, and uh, I'm sure the NBA is very happy. Uh, you know, the other thing about Denver is, I mean, Jokic is great, but boy, do they rely on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, he's got to do everything. And if, and if he's not, if, I mean, he was good again last night, really good. But, uh, if he's, if he has a bad night, they really can't beat you uh, at this time of year. And, uh, and, uh, so that's, they're not terribly deep, are they? I mean, no, they, they're not. No, they, like, they, they yeah. Like, Played seven guys, so uh, I know. So, you know, and, it might, and, it, I mean, they've had time in the playoffs because they haven't had to play that many games. But uh, you know, it's getting late in the year for for not having much depth. So, and plus, it, I think Malone's a good coach, so that he'll be fine. But uh, you know, Spolster's better than anybody, so that yeah. gives them a chance too. I think Jokic only had four assists last night. I think they maybe they kind of changed their strategy to be like, okay, let him let him score, but we're not gonna we're not gonna give everybody else the, the kind yeah. of free run they had, and you know, yeah, that's a, that is a good idea. Yeah, I bet that's got to be the lowest number he's had all season. Almost, he's the greatest greatest big man passer in history, unless you want to call Magic a great big man because he was six nine, but. Right. Uh, yeah, it made it more interesting. And uh, I will say the NBA, you can fritter along and you can have lousy games and stuff. But uh, when when the when it's close and you get the fourth quarters, it's pretty damn good. And oh yeah, uh, uh, they you know drives people crazy with the timeouts and the reviews and all that stuff. But uh, it's uh, 
It's it's been a it's been an entertaining NBA season. I think an extremely entertaining NBA season. Yeah, and watching the Heat kind of reminds me like the Wolves for you know for how they were built this year. The one thing they didn't really have was a bunch of those guys that could just throw in those three pointers. Man, yeah. they, that's what they need to. That's how they need to build this roster if they're really going to have. You know, if you're going to try two bigs, you got to have guys who can shoot it a little bit more. I know McDaniels can go okay from the corner. Edwards is a willing three-point shooter, but he's never going to be better than, you know, 36, 37%. Good enough Probably to... If he's lucky, he'll shoot 35%. You know, you know, good good enough that they got to honor it so he can get his drives. But, you know, none, none of these guys are just those, you know, guys that come in and you worry that you, he might make eight threes in a game if he catches fire. They just don't have those guys right now. No, and uh, Miami, where do they find these guys? They're all yeah. out in the place. There's not what they got three or four undrafted, right? Yeah. Uh, I heard Stephen A. babbling about one thing the other day. These aren't undrafted players. Well, yes, they are, Stephen A. They weren't drafted. He said they, they don't play like undrafted players. Well, that's the point, Stephen A. Like they get yeah. undrafted. Right. Who make threes in big situations. Yeah. That's the point. They were, they were undrafted players. Technically, they oh. were. Yes, technically, they were undrafted. Um, Let's well. give it credit, though, for a guy who's built his entire career on saying stuff he doesn't believe. Stephen A. is unbelievable that he is he has found the way to deal with modern American sports fans, which is just scream about nothing <laughs> you yes. know, unbelievable he's got the cheat code he's unlocked it he knows he knows what he knows uh, what a lot of people want yeah well or don't want either yes one. yes yeah. give them either what they want or they don't want but don't give them anything in the middle right that's no the, middle ground no yeah Common. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, final thing patrick i, I didn't talk to you Bryce about this Lewis yet since... live by the way let's say that man what's that I, Bryce Lewis didn't break his neck. Yes. So happy about that. Anyway. And we ahead. don't know how we're going to watch this team going forward. Let's talk about that quick. Cause I got, I had Phil on Friday talking about the, you know, the judges ruling last week and you know, it probably doesn't, it might not mean a whole lot to a lot of folks, especially if these games just kind of end up getting shown on a different channel. If even if major league baseball takes it over, just the idea that major league baseball yeah. can take over broadcast in the middle of a season is still, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Well, they, and is Bally going to let them know if they're making the payment beforehand, or are they going to wait till the deadline? I don't know. That's a good question. July 1st is the next one that they got to make. Yeah. They got to make, I, I think Phil's of the mind that he doesn't think they're going to make it. Right. Correct. Yeah. He's that they're just going to say, you know, the, you know, um, just last know, year, the contract. Out. See you later. Yeah. The Cleveland too. Right. Cleveland. No, Cleveland, not the last year of the contract. No. I can't remember we're who he said. We're the only the twins are the only ones that are the last year of the contract. Yeah, but I mean they're they've already taken over the Padres broadcast. It's just like it's a, it's a very strange kind of reminds me of like old time sports where teams are just you know fold in the middle of the season things like that. Like we don't yeah. have that in sports anymore. Things are very buttoned up. The TV deals are very you know ironclad, and just to have this in a major sport in 2023 in the middle of a season is something to me. Well, when Sid Clair made this purchase. Yeah, it wasn't a streaming phenomenon. It wasn't a phenomenon yet, but it was starting. Oh yeah, yeah, it was starting. I mean, what what was? Where's their people 
projecting what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? They were too slow to roll it out. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, and I was, a, you know, I've been off Comcast now for two and a half years and, uh, and I kind of wish I was back with my wife buying apps. I think I'm spending more money than I, know. I did. Uh, That's Comcast. a thing. It's, uh, it's become the worst bargain in sports streaming. Right? But boy, this is free. This is free. Now, 80% of the movies you want to watch, they got ads on them. I might as well go back to commercial TV. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's going to push us all back to the push us all back to the old days. I don't know. It's just go a, back to cable. I don't know. You yeah. Know. Well, maybe that's, if you get cable now, you'd be the last person in the neighborhood. So it's uh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But just the fact that it could happen in the matter of you know weeks or something is... Uh, is something and it continues to be like i said the thing that i get the most uh email about because you know it affects how people watch sports and all people want like i wrote about the other day all people want at the end of the day is access to their teams for what they deem a reasonable price and they've been botching that for a while here and my generation the few of us that are left uh has is having big problems with stuff going to apple and this and oh I, I can find it because I got my wife, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, if you, if you're, if you're home alone and you don't have any kids around and you don't have anybody helping you trying to find stuff, it's, it's not easy. You yeah. know, as yeah. Sid used to say, the shut-ins, the shut-ins are having a bad time trying to find stuff and it's going to get a lot worse. So. Yeah, I agree. Well, all right. Maybe they're better off not watching the twins sometime anyway. We'll see. Yeah. Right. As long as it's Kepler. Boycott them as long as Kepler's playing. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Appreciate it. We'll get you again next week, all right? All right.